NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, November 10th, 11.15 on the East Coast, here to recap what we saw last night in the NBA and also discuss the four-game schedule in the NBA tonight. Shorter schedule as it usually is on Thursdays, but hey, we break down every single game here on the NBA Gambling Podcast and boy, were the guys on fire last night. I think that's an understatement. But joining me, as usual, on these pods, on the NBA Gambling Podcast. First, the man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN, host of the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Also on the Fantasy Football Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast. It's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, my man? Nothing much. Good to be back. I know Terrell and I crushed it yesterday. I'm sure Terrell and I are going to take a victory lap in a second about it. Terrell especially, because I know that he's been calculating some of the parlay odds that we talked about yesterday, and that was a pretty nice payday. But we crushed it. It was a great Wednesday, and let's carry it over and have a great Thursday. Sir, and also joining us, the superstar of the show. You guys know him better as the villain. It's Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, what's going on, my man? Fellas, fellas, what's going on? I mean, we can get to the touting. That's that's easy because we we said Ja, we said SGA, we said Book, we said Demar, we said they was all gonna have a big game. And guess what? You got thirty plus points from each and every one of them. So for sure, we definitely definitely cooked up there. It was around thirty six to one, thirty six to one for a thirty point parlay for them. 13 to 1 if you just took the points prop straight. Like we said, 36 if you took that points parlay. And then, hey, we was close to the 35. Like everybody was almost at that 35. Shea hit it, but we almost hit that 35 piece. So it was it was a good day. My picks on the show weren't good, but the props came in for us. Yeah, hell of a night for the guys last night. Um, and this is why you listen to the NBA Gambling Podcast because casually – Cash, we just given out a what was it, the Terrell 35 to 1 parlay? Yeah, 35, 36, something like that. Yeah, just on a random Wednesday night here on the NBA uh, Gambling Podcast. But hey, hopefully we can carry that momentum uh, into tonight. I know shorter slate, but hey, hopefully we can put some more cash in your guys' pockets. Um, we can start with some stuff last night before we get into the games here. I know it's only four games, but uh, Scott, let me start with you. I know we were talking extensively uh, offline about the New York Knicks and some uh, odds that you found for the next coach to be fired. But um, let's start with that game. Brooklyn Nets come out and just absolutely mop the floor with the New York Knicks. They get the victory last night. But the Knicks seem look seems like they're lo- a little bit lost out there despite what their record is right now. But what were your kind of takeaways from the game between the Knicks and the Nets? Uh, the takeaway was that the game was about five minutes long, and then the game was over at that point. The Nets kind of just blitzed him from the opening tip, and the game was over. Uh, Randall did me a solid. I double-double as my dog, and that ended up cashing. But, yeah, the whole team looked awful. Uh, there was no overall cohesion offensively. 
and the only saving grace for Thibodeau was the defense for the last couple of years, and that stung too. So the offense still looks extremely just discombobulated. The defense is falling apart too. Is there anything to like about this team right now? Because Barrett has not improved at all. He looks like the exact same guy. Brunson was horrible last night, so I don't think he has looked very good or comfortable in this offense. Randall looked fine. He also attempted seven three-pointers in the first quarter. I don't really know what that was about. He made four <laughs> of them. But it was really just a weird overall game flow from the Knicks, just offensively and defensively. I think Cam Reddish is a bottom 10 player in the league. I think he's absolutely terrible. But I'm just looking at the Knicks roster. Is there anything to like about this team right now? Because Brunson looks uncomfortable. Barrett has really not progressed at all. And Randall's still going to do a bunch of ISO-heavy offense, and that works on occasion. It's not great long-term. I mentioned Thibodeau to get fired at 10-1, to 1, but whatever they're trying, it's not working. I think it kind of goes back to what we've seen Thibodeau throughout his career, that he doesn't want to play the young guys and he relies on the veterans too much, where the, uh, the veterans aren't very good on this team. Like you mentioned, Julius Randle jacked up seven three-point shots. I know he made some there, but... That was the first quarter. He attempted a lot yeah. more after that. And the, after that, I was watching this game and the offense just looked just discombobulated last night for this Knicks team. And I think that's kind of been the theme from there so I, throughout the season. And I know they're sitting, what, at five and six so far this season, which isn't too bad through 11 games, but... Throwing five I, against teams above 500. Yeah, so, and again, they're beating up on the weaker competition, but you're not having success against teams like you just mentioned that are good at, uh, you know, basketball and teams that are successful in this league. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of transpires with uh, Tom Thibodeau and the New York Knicks there, because they have a lot of young talent on that roster. Um, Terrell, I don't know if you want to get into the Knicks or Nets, but anything else around the association that you saw last time that may have caught your eye? I think the game put him to sleep. I think that's why the game was no, over just, like early, you know. At halftime, it was – or actually at the end of the first or midway through that second, that game was over. Yeah. No, I just got bored listening to you guys because you're talking about all the stuff that I already knew about the Knicks. I already knew the Knicks were going to, you know, get into this mode, and this is how they be, and Thibodeau is this and that, and that and the third. Like, I knew this, so I just got a little tired listening to y'all talk about it because they are who we thought they are. They are exactly who we thought they are. They have talent. They have a pretty decent roster. They don't have the leadership to put it all together. That's why the Knicks will amount to nothing other than being a 500 team. It's about where it's going to be at. May win some games, going to lose some games. Never I don't, even, gonna I don't even think they're a 500 team at this point, just based on the fact that it really looks like this offense is somehow even worse than it was previously, and the defense is falling apart. Are we sure this team's even going to finish like five games under? They might finish ten games under or more. It, it looks rough. The framework's uh, there for potential implosion. I don't think it. I don't think it looks that bad. I think it might. You're gassing it. I think you're gassing it from one bad game. I don't think it looks that bad. But they exactly what I said. They are. They're a five hundred team that is probably going to either fuck or bless people with their win total. They're not going to amount to anything. Probably going to just miss a playing game, and it's going to be a wash of a season. They're not going to get victor, and they're not going to get in the playoffs. It's exactly what this Knicks team is. That's exactly what the preview for they are, and that's what they've been for years. So, I mean, I'm not really surprised. I'm really not surprised in the turnout and what they had last game. We'll just see how the rest of the season goes and, you know, pick your spots well with the Knicks. I kind of want to pivot, though. Can we talk about the Nets for a second? Because I do have a question that I want to ask. 
I immediately bet on the Nets to miss the playoffs when Kyrie got suspended. I wasn't a fan of how the team was playing. It was like plus 260. It was still very good plus odds. I took it. And the Nets, without Kyrie, have been good. In fact, really good. If you just go through the actual defensive numbers, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league without Kyrie. I know last year with Memphis, we saw it, how the team kind of stepped up without its star point guard. Not the same situation, but still. I am going to ask you guys, though, is this just fool's gold based on a short-term little improvement? Are the Nets actually better without Kyrie? Because they look like a completely different team. I think that you are on the right track, but you are saying the wrong person. And it's easy. It's easy to throw this all on Kyrie. Sorry, Steve Nash. Like, it's so easy. Going Steve Nash? Yes, Steve Nash and Kyrie left at the same time. Now, okay. it is impossible for us to differentiate if this is because of Steve Nash or Kyrie. I lean more to the Steve Nash side and saying that this is the Steve Nash is doing and he was just a really bad coach for this team. And Jackie Vaughn has come in and got this team playing better. Now, we'll have to wait till Kyrie comes back and we'll see if it regresses and comes back. Or if they continue on the pace that they're – well, they're not going to continue on this pace. But yeah. if they still become a better-than-average team. But I am one to say that I believe it was Steve Nash and not Kyrie Irving. That's I, I, that's a fair distinction to make. I kind of just meant ever since the, all the turmoil and since they made the coaching change and since Kyrie hasn't been playing, the defensive numbers have gone through the roof in a very positive way for the Nets. And that was kind of the shocking part. Now, you're looking at the overall teams they've played against – it has not been the greatest level of competition. They lost a heartbreaker to Dallas, which was the case with Kyrie in the lineup as well. They lost in overtime in that matchup the first time around. But they beat the Wizards. I think the Wizards stink. They beat the Hornets. That team's terrible. And they beat the Knicks last night. And I don't think the Knicks are very good either. So you could argue that strength of schedule has benefited the Nets lately. But maybe Terrell can also point to it because even though the Knicks completely no-showed the game last night, they were terrible. The Nets were doing a lot of really impressive stuff, both offensively and defensively. And it seems like the cohesion with this team has really flipped overnight. Now, I'm not saying my bet is automatically screwed because it's plus 260. It's a long season. Durant's going to play a bunch of minutes. I know he had a triple-double last night. He was great. But what do you think, Terrell? Because I do feel like whether it's Kyrie or Nash not being there, the chemistry with this team has been really, really just noticeable and I feel like that's been a huge step for this team moving forward. Uh, yeah. I um I, I just I'm I just cannot get really, really into this next team right now because I have to see them play better competition. You need a bigger sample size, I guess. Yeah, it's just I, too small of a sample size for me to to jump on the bandwagon one way or another. Yeah. I'm just I I rather see it play out. What I will say is that Ben Simmons coming off of the bench might not be the worst thing for him. It just might not be that. You got to ease him back into it with no pressure. Yeah, and with. and with no pressure, nothing to worry about. Like, well, try to limit the pressure as much. And yeah. how do you limit pressure? You limit his minutes and you limit the time he's on the court. Let him look good in the short time that he's on the court. And then once he starts ramping up his minutes, then, 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 you got to remember, he didn't play basketball for a year. So mm-hmm. uh, I think I'm interested in what Jackie Vaughn is doing with Ben Simmons. This has been what I've been watching this entire time and what he's doing with Ben Simmons. Because if he can ramp Ben Simmons up and he can rebuild Ben Simmons' confidence on the court, then this next team's going to be scary. I'll say that because I still, I truly do believe, while I shit on Ben Simmons all the time, that he is a good player. I think we're going to find out 
who the squad really is in the next eight games for this Nets team. Seven out of their next eight games are on the road, and they have some good competition that are going to be they're going up against. They have the two LA teams, they have Sacramento, they have Portland, so they have their West Coast trip, and they have Memphis, and then they come back uh, after that home game against Memphis to go to Philly, to Toronto, and to Indiana. So despite what you know, what you just said, uh, Scott, about them playing lesser competition, that's for sure. But I think what's been more impressive, at least over the last four games, is that they haven't allowed the opposing team to score more than 100 points in those games. It's, it's the effort for me. Defensively, yeah. they really look like they care. And that's something yeah. that they never showed under Nash. I know that Kyrie was you know, ignoring some play calls. Seems like the team kind of tuned him out. I don't blame them. I don't think he's a good coach either, but it seems like Vaughn has been a very nice injection of life to this overall roster. But I guess the overall question that I'm asking solely from yesterday's game was, were the Nets really good? Were the Knicks terrible? Or was it a mix of the two? Because I couldn't really tell watching the game. The Knicks just looked like they were just not interested in playing game of basketball last night. I think defensively, they the Nets looked good because the link yeah. with, with Simmons and with Claxton, even he's looked good. Durant was black and sh- blocking shots. Um, yeah, they're they're making that effort on defense. So I, I think that again, these next about seven to eight to nine games, we'll find out where the mentality is and and what the effort is going to look like from this Nets team. That what what we saw over these last four or five games is it is it fool's gold like you mentioned, or is there something legitimate to this team on the defensive side of the basketball? Because we know when you have Kevin Durant guy that can go out and score 30 points for you every single night, you know, and you got Seth Curry back, you have Joe Harris, guys that can knock down shots for you. Defensively, it's what I want to see, like you mentioned there, Scott. So it'll be interesting to see now when, at what point do they get Kyrie back because they suspended him for five games. I know the Nets put out those stipulations for him to return to the team. I think He's probably going to miss the more time. But he's not doing that, and they're not going to accept that for him to come back. That's bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> they're so at not, least they're not. They said, the, ahead, the, the, the NBA PA, the NBA PA is is actively fighting that, and they are you know drawing up paperwork and stuff, just basically saying, "Come on, that's like unreasonable." Like the players yeah. don't agree that that should be the punishment. And I I would be interested to hear what the league has to say about it. I don't think that that's – he's not going to do that stuff. They're going to let him back, and he's not going to do it. Yeah. yeah. I also don't want to spend too much time talking about what happened yesterday, but I know LG's been ranting a bit in the comment section about the Cavaliers last night against the Kings. Yeah. I, I feel like – I don't really know where to start evaluating the Kings because the talent's undeniable. We know that from one to five, you can argue LeVert should be a bench player, you know. I, I get it. The point is they have a lot of talent overall. The issue with the with the Cavs last year was fourth quarter execution, mostly down the stretch of games. And they have won a couple of close games. They beat Boston in overtime. They had a couple of nice wins there. But I still see glimpses of some questionable final couple minutes there under Bickerstaff. Do you guys have any thoughts on the Cavs? Because I still want to really like this team. But a lot of their execution late in games still kind of gives me a little bit of pause. Any of you have thoughts on that? Um, is that just honestly, me? You notice that too, because it seems like fourth quarter late game execution. It's a little bit iffy at times. Yeah, and I think for bigger staff, it's. I mean, it was the second year as the yeah full time head coach. Yeah, I, I mean, I I get it. Like, if, if you take a look at their wins, they've mostly been blowout victories by ten yeah. or more points, right? And the two loss or the three losses they have had has been. Two of the three have been by three or less points. So, yeah, I think we're probably on to something there. I'll be honest. I haven't watched a lot of 
Cavs game so far this season. But to, I mean, when we talked about what we liked about the Pelicans, about their length and things like that, I think the Cleveland Cavaliers are that team, right? You have your two guards in the in the backcourt. I think the question is J.B. Bickerstaff. Like, I know we talked a lot about him for Coach of the Year last year, what he was able to do with the Cavs, but I think now – You you uh, guys did. I, I was never – Yeah, ball. we did. You and, guys and, did. And, yeah, Terrell and I did. But I think we'll find – again, it's, it, it's hard right now that we have – most of these teams have 10 to 11 games under their belt. But I don't know. I, I, think, I think that give me another – maybe five to seven games here to, to really give a concrete answer on, on these teams and coaches, but look, they're off to a good start. They're still eight and three. Oh, they're still um, a very good team. It's yeah. just two games ago. They lost to the Clippers. They sure. led by 13 with yeah. five minutes to go. And then you yeah. just figure like, that's a game you need to win. You got Mitchell. He's playing an yeah. MVP level. He's a closer, yeah. but you're up 10 with like two thirty. You're up 10 with two forty to go against the Clippers and you lose the game. And then against the Kings, you have a massive comeback just to really fall apart again in the final four minutes. Yeah, I'm not saying it's full-on panic mode for the Cavs, but I'm not going to anoint them as being a serious threat to win the East if I don't trust them to close out games in the final couple minutes. Yeah, and I think that's going to be a coaching thing, right, too. That's where the head coach comes and has to make those adjustments as well about closing out games and executing uh, down the stretch as well. So, yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, Charles, do you have any thoughts on that? I'm not worried. <laughs> I'm not worried. It was a bad spot, West Coast road trip, and they just weren't prepared for the Clippers. At the end of the Clippers game, Lakers just suck. Like uh, the Lakers just. I was gonna suck. say that they were prepared and, for the Clippers game though, because they were up 13 with like three minutes. But to go. I'm they saying, just, I'm boy. saying that they weren't prepared in in just the fact of closing out games. Like you go on a West Coast trip, your body is tired. You're tired. Mm-hmm. The travel, the playing the games, all of that, that's tiring. And they ran out of gas. They ran out of gas in that game. They didn't come. They looked over the Kings and didn't come ready, and then tried to mount a comeback. And ended up falling on their face. I just think it was a bad spot for them. I'm not really looking too too deep in into it i need a larger sample size to tell me that i can't trust this yeah this cleveland team because they just rolled off eight straight wins yeah i can agree with that i'm just saying keep an eye on a potential trend brewing the cavaliers late in games they could be a lot better that's really the only point i'm just saying keep an eye on it yeah next three games for them uh they finish up their west coast trip with golden state they go home for minnesota and then they go to the road uh to milwaukee so two out of three games are, are or at least you know Better competition so far uh, are coming up in their schedule here. For and by the, the way, if any of you are expecting a Lakers breakdown, they're not worth yeah. our time. We got better yeah. things to do. Yeah, let's get over to the games here tonight, guys. And before we get into that, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. For boosted same-game parlays, live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer some of this change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you're somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. 
All right, gentlemen, four games on the uh, Thursday schedule here in the NBA. Let's start it off with the Dallas Mavericks coming off of a loss to the Orlando Magic. They head to the nation's capital to take on the Washington Wizards. Seven o'clock Eastern start for this game. Looking at the line for this game, the Dallas Mavericks opened up as a three and a half point favorite. That number has stayed the course over on win bet at minus three and a half. Total is also steady at 208 and a half uh, for this game. Uh, taking a look at the injury report uh, for both of these teams. Not yet one submitted, <clears throat> I'm sorry, for the uh, Dallas Mavericks because they did play last night. We do know that Christian Wood is going to be missing a few more games uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. Looking at the injury report for the Washington Wizards, Bradley Beal is out for this game. He is in health and safety protocols. Uh, Todd Gibson questionable tonight with a neck strain, um, and that is pretty much it here. So Dallas still laying three – or sorry, Dallas laying three and a half points here on the road. Scott, let me start with you on this game, Dallas versus Washington. So I know yesterday Terrell and I actually thought that Orlando might have a potential shot at that game just because we thought it would be a rock fight, and it actually was. I mentioned Wendell Carter having a big game on the glass. I think he had 12 rebounds, 13 rebounds or something, but he did a double-double. He Dallas, really pulled it through in the second half. I'm he sorry. really did. He, was, he's been he really did. He had two, he had two rebounds in the first yeah. half. Like, he really clutched that through. I had the prop, and I was just sitting there. I'm like, oh, my gosh, two rebounds. Like I There was one game goal. earlier this year I had Carter Jr. over nine and a half. He had zero rebounds in the first half, <laughs> and he had nine in the second half. He still went under, but the point is he's been a massive second-half rebounding guy. Still, the point is Dallas is a team that just frustrates me. And especially without Wood, who's arguably their second best player this season, they don't really have any offense besides Luca. He does everything for this team. And I do think that even though Dallas is still probably going to make the playoffs, Luca might win MVP, the usage rate is through the roof. They don't have any secondary scoring options. And with Wood being out, it's going to really hurt, especially the front court, because they have no centers. McGee is a shell of his former self. He barely plays now. You have Dwight Powell, who. I know a lot of us liked for props, but he's not exactly a good center. And who's your other center now? Maxi Kleber? Yeah. Like you don't have any front court depth at all that are actually good. And the Wizards are a team that I personally don't like at all. I think this team is awful. I've watched them play a couple of times. Kuzma I like. He's been good. Beal we know is good, but he's not going to play. The rest of their supporting cast <laughs> is so bad. Kispert's never healthy. I also don't think he's very good. You're looking at Avdia who I wanted to like, I don't think he belongs in the NBA. I think he's a terrible basketball player. And I think if you're looking at Will Barton, I know that Munaf and I have really disliked Will Barton for a long time. Hachimura has been a mess this season. Gaffer doesn't really do much anymore. I actually like Gaffer. They just don't play him enough. Yeah. I'm just going through the rotation here. They have a lot of guys who I don't think would be playing on good teams. And I know I might sound harsh on Avdia, but if you watch him play, he's really bad, and he yeah. plays a bunch of minutes. I I don't think this depth is any good for the Wizards. You could argue a back-to-back. There might be some fatigue involved. If you lose to Orlando, you better be motivated for the second out of a back-to-back. I'm taking Dallas. I really think this Wizards team is a train wreck, and their bench unit especially. The thing is, if Beal's out, who's going to step up? You need Kuzma to go for 30. You need Porzingis. Porzingis better go for 30 in this game based on the matchups. Yeah. But I hate their bench. I hate their overall shooting depth. I'm going to go with the Mavericks and hope they bounce back after a relative no-show against Orlando. 
Yeah, I mean, last night against, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, afternoon yesterday, it was an early start because of the weather down there in Florida. Shout out to everybody down there. Hope y'all are, are staying stay, safe down there. Um, but Luca last night, 9 of 29 from the floor. And they uh, lost. And they like lost. The, and they still it. got 29 points from Spencer Didwitty. So, yeah, I expect, you know, Luca to bounce back here tonight. And exactly what you said there, Scott, is that I already took a Porzingis prop here tonight, over 20 and a half points here. Um, he's going to have to be that guy tonight, especially the matchups that he should be able to take advantage of with a lack of size to guard a guy like Porzingis who can, you know, knock down the long range jump shot and then finish around the basket as well. So I think he's going to have to be the guy here tonight for the uh, Washington Wizards from a prop perspective. But Terrell, let me get with to you on the side and then we can talk about the total and player props in this game. But what do you think as far as the Dallas Mavericks as a three and a half point favorite here? Yeah, I'll back the Mavericks as a three and a half point favorite. I think that, um, they just have more options than what this Wizards team has right now and the ability for Dallas to play their kind of basketball and just find different ways to put the ball in the room. Like I said, Luka was underwhelming last night. I expect a bounce back night for him. And there's not too many times where Luka can go out here and drop 30 plus 35, 40 points. And the Mavericks not come out here and get a win, especially with Spencer Dinwiddie playing as well as he is alongside him. Depth is always an issue, but at this point, I like the the front, the starting, the the start starters for Dallas a lot more than I like the starters for the Wizards right now. Uh, like Scott said, Kyle Kuzma, I think that he could have a pretty solid game here, and I like your angle on Porzingis right now. Looking towards Porzingis rebounds, they're seven and a half right now, juiced. I, I he better get a double double in this yeah, game. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. He just is very passive near the rim. I think I kind of like Kyle Kuzma a little bit more than Porzingis. Mm-hmm. He's really passive around the rim. And we'll try to step out and stretch the defense so he's not in position for a lot of those rebounds. And that's really the issue with Kyle Kuzma and playing Porzingis rebounds because both of them are playing as the bigs of this team. So they both try to step out to the outside and pull the bigs out of the paint, and they're not in position for a lot of those rebounds. But uh, I'll be looking at rebounds for Porzingis and, and Kuzma tonight. If he's ever going to have a double-double, this is the matchup to do it. Like, Porzingis has to at least embrace a bigger responsibility of, I got Dwight Powell on me, I'm going to have maybe Kleber on me late in games. I got to be aggressive. You're just hoping he actually does it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was looking at what uh, Porzingis has done uh, against the Mavs in his career, and this was before and where one game after – uh, where he has played the Dallas Mavericks. He's played them five times in his career. He's gone over 20 and a half points in three out of, sorry, four of the five games against the Dallas Mavericks. So, um, and again, like I mentioned, with Bradley Beal being out, it's going to be him and Kuzma having to carry the scoring load uh, this season for, uh, or sorry, in this game uh, without Bradley Beal being there. He's only had one game where he's had uh, more than nine rebounds. That was all the way back in 2016. But his last game, last season, earlier this year, April 1st, 30 minutes, 24 points, 9 rebounds for Christophe Porzingis in that game was 2 of 4 from the three-point line as well in that game. So um, I think, yeah, you guys are right. Kuzma and the Porzingis show here tonight for the Wizards. Uh, any thoughts on the total here, Terrell, at, uh, what did I say, 208 and a half? 208 and a half? I'm, <laughs> I'm going over. I think this okay. is an over game. I'm very still questionable about this Mavs defense this year. It just seems like they haven't clicked all the way. And Orlando – really more of a slow, ugly game team sometimes. So not really looking too deep into that last night. I think that they shoot the ball a lot better. And I think that they give the Wizards opportunities for a good portion of this game. So 
one strong quarter gets over this number. Like one strong quarter, and you're guaranteed to get over this number. I'll take the over two eight and a half. Scott? I'm actually on the under in this one. It's about pace for me. Dallas is dead last in pace, and Washington is fourth slowest in the league. Both teams really don't want to run. And with Beal being out, who's can will go for 30 at any time. I roasted the entire Wizards roster, basically, besides Kuzma and besides Porzingis. I mean, I said obviously shouldn't be in the league. I, I'm not a fan of the supporting cast. I really just think this team is bad. If you just go through the overall roster, I don't like Dallas' supporting cast either. And Christian Wood being out is a big deal. I don't like the weapons. The pace is going to be brutal. I'm on the under. It, I know yesterday, Terrell and I said that one of these teams, if not both, might not reach 100. And both of mm-hmm. them did not reach 100. I think one of these teams is guaranteed to not reach 100 points in this game. I'm going with the under. All right. Let's get what over about you? to you. You can't just uh, cop out I'll, like that. Yeah, what I'm do you sorry. got? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I mentioned it. Yeah, I like the under in this game as well. It's in, in a lot of times we do talk about totals. It's the first thing I really do look at is season-long pace and then like last five-game pace. And what you just mentioned there, Scott, that – both teams don't get up and down on the floor, and I think that I think points will be at a premium here tonight. And probably looking like a hundred to ninety-four type of game, something like that. I, I think yeah. in the one nineties is what I'm trying to say. I don't think Washington gets to hundred. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that Dallas does cover, and then um, the game the game does go under the total here uh, between the Mavericks and the wizards here. All right, guys, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be an Eastern conference matchup between the Philadelphia 76ers in, uh, Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, looking at the line for this game, the opening line here was a minus one and a half in favor of the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, starting to see some minus ones out there, even some pickums out there as well, but over on win bet, Minus one total opened up at two twenty two and a half. That number has been uh, bet. Uh, it's been starting to starting to see some two twenty threes pop up uh, for this game. Let's check the injury report for both of these teams. Atlanta not yet one submitted. They did play last night for the Philadelphia seventy sixers. Uh, we know about James Harden missing about a month with a right foot injury. P.J. Tucker is questionable here tonight with a left hip contusion. But Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, all those guys should be out there for the Philadelphia 76ers. Terrell, let me start with you on this game between the Sixers and the Atlanta Hawks, where the Hawks are a very, very slight favorite here of minus one and a half with a total of 223. (sighs) I'm so disappointed in Atlanta last night. (laughs) I don't know what I want to do with this game because one, these two teams do play each other hard. I think this line is exactly where it's supposed to be at basically a pick them. And I think I got to go with Philly, man. I hate to say it, but I think I got to go with Philly and it's not, it's just because of the fact of Atlanta is just, just let, the Jazz do whatever they wanted last night, like whatever they wanted. Lord, I don't know what Laurie marketing was preseason for most improved player of the year, but I'm pretty sure it was high. And he looked like Bird last night. Like they, he was absolutely <laughs> cooking this uh, Hawks defense. And Laurie Bird movement. <laughs> yeah, Laurie Bird. I'm about to. Hey, that's about to. We about to trademark that Lori Bird because he was really, he's actually he the second. Really he has the second lowest odds to win most improved player right now. 
Yeah, it, but it was crazy. It had to be crazy preseason. Like preseason had to be crazy. But it's really just that, and it seemed like Trey Young was really, really bad last night. Like really, he started that game three for fourteen, and that really kind of threw off the rhythm. And I wish I had seen it coming because I just feel like whenever Trey comes off of an injury or off of a reason he had to sit, he always needs a little bit more time to acclimate, like reacclimate himself or he's shooting bad or something's just off. And he looked like somebody that did not look healthy last night when I was watching. For the game. record, he, he went 10 for 28 last night. Yeah. Yeah. For the, yeah, that's how it ended. And it was, it was a terrible start. Like when I started looking at the game, I said, dang, the jazz are up. And I'm like, he's, this dude's three for 14. Like, of course. And I just think that the pace that, the 76ers are going to run in this game because they never choose just one. I, I'm starting to realize this about them. They're never going to run just one pace. They're going to run whatever personnel is out there. So if Embiid and a certain personnel is out there, they're going to go slow. If he's sitting and they got Maxi out there, then they're like, all right, we're about to run. We're about to. And that kind of unorthodox changing of the pace throughout the games, that's really frustrating. Like, that's really frustrating. That's a lot of quick adjustments that you have to make towards. And with Nate McMillan, I know I'm going against my Atlanta at home here, but I'm I'm kind of feeling Philly in this spot. Okay, um, yeah, and again, do we think that Trey Young plays? I mean, he played last night; he was a game time decision, but he did end up playing with a shin injury. But now you have Philly coming to town. I think that um, he should be in this game. But uh, Scott, let me get to you on this game minus one and a half for the Atlanta Hawks. I like the under in this game. Okay. Uh, I actually gave it out overnight. Uh, I think it's just a very good deal. Uh, you're looking at Philly since Harden got hurt. They can't score. They've scored less than 105 points in each of their two games without Harden. And defensively, they've been in really, really good. Maybe because Harden's a bad defender. Maybe they've just stepped up with the new lineups. But each of Philly's last two games with Harden being injured have had less than 211. Philly also ranks 29th in pace. But if you look at their overall roster, this team stinks in terms of depth. And it's not surprising because Harden's getting paid a bunch of money. And he's not going to be in the lineup. You're also paying Tobias Harris a bunch of money. And I think he's pretty mid. I think we can agree on that. Mm -hmm. But you're looking at their starting lineup. And P.J. Tucker might not play, which is unfortunate. I want him to play. He's a very good under player because he has no offensive talent besides corner threes. And he plays good defense. But you're looking at their lineup. You have Maxi and Embiid, both really good. Tobias Harris is mediocre. Then you're looking at P.J. Tucker, who stands in the corner the entire time. And Melton who's been a train wreck since he became a starter. And on the bench, you have Niang, Paul Reed, a little bit of Tybal, and Shake Milton. Like, the supporting cast is awful for this team. And you're looking at Atlanta. They can't shoot. We've talked about this before. We don't think that their shooting yeah. is really existent, especially with Bogdanovich being out. You mentioned Trey potentially not playing. I'm not sure he's going to play. Yeah, Back-to-back -back after battling a leg injury. I don't know if he's going to play in this game, so that's definitely a question mark. But mm -hmm. I like the under. To go through the historical trends here, five of the last six meetings have had less than 217. Last three games, even with Atlanta being terrible against Utah defensively, Atlanta ranks fifth in defensive rating, Philly ranks seventh. So both teams have been better defensively. But with the pace alone, Philly is so slow, and they need to be, because Embiid has to be their high usage guy, especially with Harden being out. Yeah. I think they're going to kill the pace in this game, not to mention fatigue with Atlanta in the second half of a back-to-back. -back. I like the under. I think this number is way too high. I'm on the under. It's a great point that you bring up about, number one, that you should 
see a better defensive effort from the Atlanta Hawks after what happened last night against the Utah Jazz. And they've been good defensively even with that terrible performance in the last couple games. And there was two quarters last night where they gave up 37 or more points. I think it was the second and fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, Uh, they gave up 40. They got buried in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so I think that you'll see the better defensive effort. And, you know, we talked about this early in the season that – with Joel Embiid on the floor, the pace does slow down because he can't get up. He can't get up and down the floor, and there's no rhyme or rhythm as far as pace, like you mentioned with the Sixers team. That if he's off the floor, Maxi gets the ball, they're going to push it down the floor. Embiid's on the floor, they're going to slow the pace down, try to get in, get into their half court offense. So um, I like the numbers that you laid out there. Yeah, I, I was leaning towards the under in this game as well. As far as the side, uh, Terrell was right, man. This it's it's I think. For me, we probably have to wait closer to game time. I would lean towards the Sixers as well. But until we find out if if you like the Sixers, you probably want to bet them now, thinking if, if Trey Young doesn't go because he is battling that shin or leg injury, um, that he doesn't go. Obviously, the line then will move in favor of the uh, Philadelphia 76ers in this game. But the more rested team here with the Philadelphia 76ers, Atlanta played in a back or played last night, like we mentioned against the Utah Jazz. I'll go with the Sixers here as well. Love that underplay, what you just mentioned there, uh, Scott. I'll probably join you on that underplay here tonight. Uh, any player props you guys are looking at this game, Terrell? I'll start with you. Yeah, Maxi. I'm all over yeah. Maxi. Auto, auto bet, right? Yeah, Maxi's yeah. going to have a big day today. He was also yeah. terrible last game, so you're assuming he'll bounce back. What was he, 4 for 18 last game? Yeah, something like was, that. Yeah. He only, I think he only had like 11 or 14 points in that game. But uh, yeah, Maxi, I think you could find this at 23 and a half right now for him uh, to go over that number. Scott, any player props you're looking at? I'm looking at Capella rebounds. It's a spot where you could worry about foul trouble, which is always an issue when you're against Embiid. Yeah. Akungu is what? Like 6'8", six, 6'9"? Six, Around there. He's going to get buried by Embiid. Like, they have to play Capella a bunch of minutes. I, they don't have any other options. I, I think that Capella is going to get a decent workload. He didn't play many minutes yesterday, but he had 19 rebounds. He was really good yesterday. And Akungu yeah. ended up playing 20 minutes. He was a negative 17 from the floor. Capella was plus 7. But 15 points and 19 rebounds in 26 minutes. But you're just looking at the matchup. I don't think Akungu can actually handle Embiid both from a height perspective and a weight perspective. Shouldn't Capella get a boost in minutes because he's their only counter for Embiid in the entire lineup? He should. Um, I was just looking at the game log for Clint Capella uh, over his last uh, few or yeah, last games against the Sixers, at least as a member of the Atlanta Hawks. He's gone over. He's had 10 or more rebounds at four of the five games. Uh, I'm going to go with the rebounds there. I don't know yeah. about double-double, though, because he really doesn't look to shoot the ball. It depends no. on the price available. But for probably rebounds, lobs. Yeah. Nine he and a half better get a, yeah, he better get a bunch of minutes in this game because if he doesn't, Embiid's going for four. Yeah. Uh, anything else for this game, guys? No. No. All right. Uh, before we get over to the last two games of the evening here on Thursday night, uh, let me tell you guys, about the newly relaunched SGPN merch store. Look, it's the holiday season, and you need to get your shopping done early at the SGPN merch store. We all have that DGen in our life, um, and that's why you're probably listening to all the pods that we do on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And what better way to get them a stocking stuffer from the SGPN merch store? There's uh, some great Christmas items that they have dropped, a sweater, not an ugly sweater, but I know a lot of you will have you know, family parties and, and friends uh, with, with your friends, holiday parties, even at work, um, asking you to maybe wear an ugly sweater or just a Christmas sweater. And SGPN, we've put that on the website. And also, before 
Thanksgiving, if you shop and get those holiday presents for that DJ in your life, you're going to get 10% off when you use when you use promo code Dallas Sucks. That's D A L L A S S U C K S. Dallas Sucks for 10% off before Thanksgiving. So make sure to check out the merch store there. Check out the Christmas items that we do have. A lot of good looking stuff on there. And make sure to also grab an NBA gambling podcast uh, t shirt or hat or whatever it is to your liking. So 10% off. Before Thanksgiving, using promo code Dallas sucks. All right, guys, next game on the schedule tonight is going to be a 7.30 Eastern start. It's going to be the Charlotte Hornets going down to South Beach to take on the Miami Heat. Uh, looking at the lines for this game, the Miami Heat opened up as a 10.5-point favorite. That number has stayed the course at 10.5. Total opened up at 217. That number has now been bet down to around 215 over on win bet. Uh, looking at the injury reports for both of these teams, Charlotte, uh, no injury yet, injuries, sorry, reports submitted yet for the Miami Heat. Tyler Hero and Caleb Martin re- remain questionable here tonight. And we know that Victor Oladipo and Omar Yurtsevin are out uh, with left ankle and left knee injuries, uh, respectively. But this Charlotte team has just not looked very good without LaMelo Ball, uh, without Gordon Hayward in the lineup. When you have those two caliber players out in your lineup, that falls a lot of scoring pressure on a guy like Terry Rozier. But, uh, Scott, let me start with you on this game. Charlotte Hornets and the Miami Heat, where the Miami Heat are a 10.5-point home favorite here. I faded the Hornets last night, and nothing's going to stop me from fading them against Miami. You're looking at their last couple of games. They've lost six in a row. They've scored less than 101, I believe, in in, in five of those games. Each of their last five, I think they've scored less than 101. They can't score. And LaMelo might potentially return. I doubt it. Hayward is still out. Their two best offensive players right now are Rozier and Kelly Oubre. I'm not surprised they can't reach 100 points in a given game. But you're looking at what this team does well. They don't really do anything well. You have Mason Plumlee and Richards as your centers. They've been a decent pair, but Plumlee's still going to get killed by Adebayo probably in this game. Miami's had a couple days off because they didn't play yesterday or the day prior, and Charlotte's on a back-to-back with travel involved. The last three games, Charlotte lost to the Nets without Kyrie, the Wizards without Bradley Beal, and the Trailblazers without Jeremy Grant and Nurkic. This team is awful. As far as I'm concerned, it's an auto-fade team. Give me Miami. They've been struggling this season. They've been a little bit better lately, but still not where they want to be. It's a game where Miami should come out and punch them in the mouth. They've won each of the last five games against them in the head-to-head. Four of those five wins have been by 10-plus points. I think Miami buries this team. I think Charlotte probably scores a 90, like flat, and Miami might score 105-110. Miami could win this game by 20. It really would not surprise me, but give me the heat. I think they win in a route in this game. Yeah, you mentioned Bam Adebayo there. He has had a lot of success against his Hornets team. Over his last nine career games against the Hornets, he scored 20 or more points uh, against the Hornets. Uh, I mean, you know that, why. You know yeah, why. Yeah, we know why. Um, High point North Carolina. Shout out, hey, shout out to my guy KG. Shout out to Bam. You know, high point North Carolina, North Carolina boys. Like, he, of course, he's going to show out against. They picked Bam up off the street when he was hooping in Charlotte, North Carolina. Like, come on now. They, they, they know. Uh, yeah, so I'm expecting a big game from Bam here tonight as well. Uh, seen his points prop at 18 and a half at even money and also rebounds at nine and a half. He's had uh, 10 or more rebounds in 
three out of the last four games against the Charlotte Hornets team. But I mean, yeah, you mentioned there, Scott. It, it's it's just a, a difference of of talent right now, right? And for lack of better words, because again, Hornets are missing Gordon Hayward, Lamelo Ball, where the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, uh, Tyler. I know Tyler Hero is questionable here tonight, but they have just far more scoring options um, for the Miami Heat versus the Charlotte Hornets. And sometimes it just kind of comes down to that. And you mentioned it, that they haven't been able to score, what, 100 or more points in four of the last five games. Uh, right now, they're on a six-game losing streak. Are the Charlotte Hornets, they've lost, I think, seven out of their last eight games as well. So just not very good right now for the Hornets, and they're just not healthy as well. So I'll lay the points here with the uh, Miami Heat against the Hornets. Terrell, any case to be made for the Charlotte Hornets here tonight? Yeah, Miami Heat are one in five ATS as a home favorite this year. So, I mean, if okay. that's your case, that's that's the case right there. Miami has been terrible this year. They have not looked good in the games that they're supposed to look good in. They've lost a number of those games outright, and that's really it. This is this is the litmus test for me. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is the test. If they do not cover this game, I'll play Miami here. If they do not cover this game, then I'm I'm just good laying points with Miami the whole year. Like I've already I already have a principle that I don't like laying points with Miami, especially on the road. But I don't like laying points in Miami, and it's so bad that they're one in five as a home favorite. But if they can't cover this ten and a half against the Hornets tonight, then they're that's it. Like I'm good. I'm just not gonna. If the Heat are a favorite, I'm just not gonna look their way. I'm gonna not play that spread, or I'm gonna play the dog. But it just doesn't look good for the start of the season for the Miami Heat right now. One in five is abysmal. So I'll play them here. This is the last spot. This is the spot that determines if I'm about to start fading them or not. But minus ten and a half against this Hornets team and how they look right now, they should really bury them. It's also a series of limits because of the rest advantage. You haven't played in a couple days. Charlotte's on a back-to-back with travel. If you don't cover this 10 and a half, it's crazy. It's one of those games where if Miami does, let's just say Miami does not cover or just struggles in this game, you're going to look back on later on in the year and say, if they took care of business against the bad teams in their division, they might have won the division. But it's really, really bad right now. But the Charlotte is, I, I don't think it's even a case. I think they're the worst offense in the league right now, and it's not even close. Yeah, um, let's get over to the total here in this game, guys, uh, because I feel like this might be a game that it's plummeted the total. Yeah, yeah, I think we probably already missed a number, but it's still sitting at two fifteen here. Scott, uh, any thoughts on it? I'm on the under. I said Charlotte's going to score ninety. So if I have yeah. one team scoring ninety, then I'm not picking Miami to score one twenty five. But yeah. Charlotte can't score. At a bio, he knows a good rim protector. I'm hoping defensively, Miami, they've been better lately. It's really been the offense that's been an issue. But I think defensively, they'll be able to really take advantage of a shorthanded Charlotte team. They have no real threats on the interior. They're also not a great three-point shooting team. The bench for Charlotte's not great either. I really just think Charlotte's going to drag this total down. I like the team total under for Charlotte. I don't think they get to 100 in this game. But give me the under here. Charlotte is that bad offensively. I watched it with my own eyes. They were a really bad offensive team. Terrell, any uh, thoughts on the total? Uh, you want to make a contrarian overcase. I can see it. It's not even a contrarian overcase. I just I think that Miami should score a lot of points. It's just can Charlotte do enough to keep up or Miami let up off the gas and let them keep up? Uh, maybe I'm leaning towards a Miami team total over. 
Yeah. And just that Miami just puts on a clinic and in a game that they really need to just flex their muscles like this. They need a game where they just kill a team, flex their muscles, kind of get uh, everybody's feeling good from their spot, shooting the ball well, and they can move on to the next game. So I, if I play it, I'm playing a Miami team total over. I will say this then the four victories so far this season for the Miami Heat, they've scored a hundred or Oh, sorry, 110 or more points here uh, in those four games. They had 110 against the Kings, 116 against the Warriors, 112 against the Raptors, and 119 against the Portland Trail Blazers. Currently, number is spot on. It's sitting at 112 and a half right now. So I think that um, this might be a game where we see like 115 to like 90 five or something like that in 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 favor of the miami heat shout out to the chat man on the youtube chat if you haven't joined this already it's really popping guys are in there uh sorry david's in there we got zach the miami heat fan uh he's saying miami doesn't look good even with all their stars they don't i really actually don't really want to take miami but i'm gonna do it uh ryan i just charlotte's an auto fade as far as i'm concerned that's how i'm looking at it yeah, Ryan in the chat as well. Shout out to Ryan, also the co-host on the NFL Gambling Podcast. Thanks for joining us, guys. So, um, yeah, so Miami, for both uh, all, th- all three of us, reluctantly for uh, Terrell, this is going to be the last, last straw that he's going to give the Miami Heat uh, before we start or he starts fading them. No, I promise you, they do not cover this game. <laughs> I, they are on fi- – like, this is the perfect – and it's not even like it's 13, 14. Like, it's mm-hmm. 10 and a half. Yeah. Like if they do not cover this spread, I'm really done with them. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Bam out of bio. Any other player props you guys are looking at in this game, Terrell? Uh, yeah, Bam looks like a good play. I kind of want to play Charlotte side of all because I still do think that Charlotte like – I, like I said, I don't trust the Miami Heat right now, so I do think that Charlotte is going to do some things right. And so maybe uh, uh, Kelly Oubre threes type of thing or – Looking for different threes prop because the Heat have been abysmal guarding the three-point line this season yep. and for the most part of this season. So I'll be looking at that. Just a couple of points prop on the Charlotte side. I really like these games where you're getting a double-digit spread with one team and because that juices the props on the other side of the underdog and somebody is going to score. Like They're just not going to go out there and not score any points. Yeah, that's a good point that you brought about the three-point shooting defense of the Miami Heat. They are number 28 as far as makes allowed per game at 14.4. An opponent three-point percentage uh, against Miami Heat, they're at 38.1, which ranks number 26 in the entire league. So, yeah, maybe Kelly Oubre is able to lock, knock down a couple shots here uh, or a couple three-point shots here as well. Let me look that number up. Uh, meanwhile, I know, Scott, you talked about Bam Adebayo in this game. Any other player props you're looking at in this game? I was trying to look for a hero prop, but unfortunately, I don't see him listed. I'm not yeah, even he's sure questionable why. for tonight. Okay, well that makes sense. So yeah. I, I do think that if he is going to play, I don't mind his overs. But Miami, of course, is doing some weird stuff with the actual injury report again. I don't mind Jimmy Butler assists. If you actually okay. look at his numbers against the Hornets, he's had eight assists in each of the last two meetings. So he has been pretty active in terms of getting his teammates involved. And I do think if you want to talk about what Miami can do offensively. They might be able to pick their poison in this game. I think they have a lot of options. Charlotte defensively is an okay unit, maybe not the greatest. Bowler should have the ball in his hands a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're looking at his assists at around five and a half, it seems a little short to me. I don't mind the over there. Uh, but I think that Bowler could have himself a good game. Maybe a sneaky triple-double watch, maybe. Okay. But I do think if you want to look for a, an assist prop, I don't mind Bowler at five and a half. I see his triple-double at around 14 to one. 
Let's just say I've seen worse 14 to one shots. All right. Um, yeah, going back to the Kelly Uber three point shots here, Terrell. He's sitting at two and a half right now. Um, I, I do. I kind of like that over. I know he hasn't shot the ball very well over his last two games here. Yeah, it's only two of eighteen. But I think it's all about against, the volume, though. It's the volume. Yeah, and he's getting the volume up as well, right? He's had what twenty nine attempts over his last three games. Um, but going up against his defense of the Miami Heat, who hasn't been very good against a three point shot, I think that might be worth a look. Maybe you want to ladder that up to a four. Uh, for Kelly Oubre here tonight, if they want a chance to... And it should be down in this game. He's going to look to fire out a bunch of them. If, yeah. if he gets to five, it's probably a really nice payout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, let's get over to the last game of the night. It's going to be an 8 o'clock Eastern start for uh, this game. It's going to be the Portland Trailblazers headed to the Big Easy to take on the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, looking at the opening lines for this game, it was minus six and a half in favor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, the current line is sitting at minus six over on win bet. Total open about 225. That number has been bet down to 224 over on win bet. Uh, both of these, sorry, it's at 225 uh, as far as the total. Look at the injury report for both of these teams. Not yet one submitted because both of these teams did play last night. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers, like we talked about, got the victory over the Charlotte Hornets, 105-95. And the New Orleans Pelicans, um, with a big fourth quarter from BI last night in Chicago, got the victory there, 115-111 against the Chicago Bulls. Now both of these teams match up in New Orleans, where, like I mentioned, the Pelicans are a seven-point favorite now over on win bet. Terrell, let me start with you on this game. Portland Trailblazers headed to New Orleans to take on the Pelicans as a seven-point underdog on the road here. What are you thinking about this game? Bro, I'm on Portland. Like, y'all, y'all, there's nothing that's taking me off of this Portland team. Like, Portland is an auto bet for me at this point. I mean, I, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter what you throw at them. This Portland team is always going to battle, and I understand why this line is so big and you know you're sitting here back to back talking about injuries and who's playing who may not be playing it doesn't matter it doesn't matter to me at this point it doesn't matter to me at this point whatever lineup portland throws out there portland is one of my favorite teams this season they find ways to cover they especially find ways to cover as a dog we just talked about miami and they went on the road to miami and found a way to cover that game across coast and I know they had some injuries that, you know, Simons ended up playing, Dame ended up playing. So, of course, it made it a little bit better. But that's still a really tough road win. And now they went over here, handled Charlotte as they were supposed to. Going back towards the West Coast, they get the Pelicans and a Pelicans team that we're kind of underwhelming about. Yes, I like Portland. I think Portland has what, what they need in terms of scoring. They're playing a lot better defense. Chauncey has this team locked into the beginning of the season. I hope that he can keep their attention throughout the entirety of the season because now how he starts, how you finish. But this Portland team is playing really, really well right now. And guess what? I don't think that they've had too many times that they had their entire lineup in. Matter of fact, I know for a fact they haven't had their entire lineup in because guess what? Gary Payton II is still not back yet. So yeah. it's so much more to see from this Portland team. I'm not backing this Pelicans team laying these this amount of points. Give me Portland plus seven. Portland has just been a covering machine to start the season so far uh, this year. They are, let's see here, nine and two against the spread. Percentage-wise, best in the league, right up there with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, as an away team so far this season on the road, Portland is five and one against the spread. And as an away underdog this season, in five games against small samples, Portland 
four and one against the spread at 80 percent for the pelicans uh as a home team this season against the spread they are let's see here one and two against the spread this is only going to be their fourth game but as a favorite <clears throat> the new orleans pelicans are just two and four against the spread so far this season so like terrell mentioned i think that this team just doesn't give up doesn't really matter who's out there i know nurkage and jeremy grant missed the game Last night against uh, the Miami Heat, maybe they go here tonight. Maybe that's why they held them out last night. But it'll be interesting to see, uh, to keep an eye on this injury report because I know it was um, kind of going up and down last night for the Portland Trailblazers. But, Scott, let me get over to you for this game. Blazers as a seven-point underdog here against the New Orleans Pelicans. I don't really have any great read on this game, to be totally honest with you, because Portland was really playing games with the injury report yesterday. And they ended up deciding to rest Nurkic and Grant, but if Lillard and Simons played, they're all probable going into the game. Does that mean they might be tag teaming two guys in and two guys out for this game? I don't know. Like I'm not sure if Portland might potentially just swap the two in and take Lillard and give him a day off. So it remains to be seen. Keep an eye on that injury report. But I do think at the end of the day, assuming everyone's healthy, this number seems a bit large. So yeah. I am going to lean Portland. Portland's five and one on the road. Both teams played a back-to-back in competitive games, so I don't think that fatigue's going to be really an impact one way or another. But New Orleans is a team that really has a hard time blowing out opponents, and -hmm. I know that they have been good in limited action in the Smoothie King Center, but I do think unless Portland has officially announced that a couple guys are out, I'm not laying six and a half here. This game really just seems like it's going to come down to the wire. I'm going to take the points. Yeah, I'm right there with you on this. Uh, uh, with you guys, sorry, with Portland here as well. Um, I'm under, but I don't feel great about the total either. I feel like tonight's enough. Well, if you take a look at the defensive efficiency numbers and defensive rating wise uh, numbers for this team, Portland, like you mentioned, that he's Chauncey Billis has got this team to play defense. They're number eight as far as defensive rating so far this season. Pelicans not too far behind at number 12 uh, in the entire league uh, as far as defensive rating goes here. So I agree with what everything Terrell just said there about this Portland team that they just don't give up. Uh, maybe they're tag teaming guys in and out, but just it doesn't matter. It feels like who's on the court that they're just going out and, and playing hard every single night. And their spread record is indicative of that. Their overall record is indicative of that as well, where they're sitting at eight and three so far through 11 games in this season. Um, any other, or is this good to the total here? I do like the under in this game as well. Uh, it's right now currently at 225. Uh, Scott, you did you mention anything about the total there? Oh, we lost Scott. Oh, my God. We lost oh, Scott. No. All right. Uh, let's go. Terrell, uh, any thought? We'll get him whoa, back here. Whoa. Oh, I looked up and Scott was going. I'm over here trying to tout that we gave out a 32 to 1 parlay. And I look up and Scott's gone. Uh, Terrell, any thoughts on the total? Yeah, no. All right. Total, I'm going with an over. I'm going okay. over and well, uh, wait, hold on. Let me think about that because I really like what Portland's been doing defensively. Yeah, they're uh, number eight uh, as far as defensive rating. Uh, let yeah, me check their over under numbers. But New Orleans can just let you. All right, so if I play this, I'm playing a team total over for the Pelicans, not Pelicans, but for the Portland Trailblazers because ultimately okay. I think Portland's going to do their job on the scoring end of the basketball. I don't think that there's going to be, you know, any issues of trying to exploit that. New Orleans Pelicans defense on their end. Now, if the Pelicans keep up their side on, you know, they're on a back-to-back with travel as well because they played in Chicago last night. So, will Pelicans be able to keep up their side? Maybe not. I'll take a team total over for Portland. 
This is a tale of two teams that are on all the opposite spectrums as far as the total goes. Um, New Orleans, the best team towards the over at eight and three at 72.7%. The Portland Trailblazers, second word, or they're more trendy towards the under, right down there with the Clippers. Portland, seven, three, and one to the under at 70% so far this season. Only team that's more favorable to the under, like I mentioned, the LA Clippers, 10 and two, where they're at 83% towards the under. So, yeah, being in a back-to-back situation here, I, I, again, do we see Sion playing in a back-to-back game here or even, you know, B.I. or, or some of the other guys? But I, I'm going to lean towards the under here as well. Uh, Scott, I know we lost you there for a second, but you're you're back. Talking about the total here at 225, any thoughts on that? I'm going to lean to the under. It's a back-to-back with travel for both teams. I don't feel great about it, but there's injury concerns or potential resting spots for both teams. So I'm going to lean to the under just based on the actual uncertainty of who's going to play. All right. Um, any player props you guys are looking at in this game, Terrell? Let me start with you. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, do we just do we just take Dave and CJ to have a really good game? Like, oh yeah, they're going up yeah, against. I mean, do we just take Dave and CJ? CJ to have revenge a good game. game. I, I don't know. Let me go back and look through CJ's. I just feel like CJ's do. I feel like CJ's he had a bad really shooting night last night. Yeah. What? I think he had a bad shooting night last night. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I know he ain't to like the fourth quarter or something. Yeah, I know he ain't do nothing last night. Let me look at his last couple games because it just feels like C- like CJ has not been aggressive because you have Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. He really hasn't need to. So, yeah, I mean, he's been doing all right. He's had a couple – hasn't hit the 30-point threshold. He's been close a couple games and has some good – I think CJ's due. He had nine two games ago, seven last game. Yeah. This is Dame. This is probably a little bit of a look at his spot. Dame, he probably goes and attacks Simons and attacks Dame and really tries to put the pressure on them defensively. Yeah, I'll go with a nice Dame and CJ to have a good game there. Yeah, CJ's points prop right now, 20 and a half. Damian Lillard, 25 and a half here tonight uh, for the Portland Trailblazers and the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Scott, any player props you like for this game? I'm not sure who's going to play for Portland, but if you end up seeing Nurkic and Grant out again, I do like Josh Hart over in rebounds. Okay. Uh, he's been a very good rebounding, either forward or guard, whatever you want to call him. But I do think at over seven and a half at plus one fifteen, it's mm-hmm. a decent price. Just go through the last couple of games. He had eleven against Charlotte last night, had nine against Miami, seven against Phoenix, had nine against Phoenix the game prior to that. I just think that he's a guy who really could end up being a big piece for this team. Because if they're going to be missing Nurkic and they're going to have to try, keyword try, to battle on the glass, it's not going to go well. But somebody's got to grab rebounds, and Josh Hart's pretty good at it. I don't mind Josh Hart over three and a half assists as well. Three and a half is insanely low. To go through his last couple of games, he only had two against Charlotte. But the games before that, uh, in order, he had eight, eight, six, four, four, six. His number's three and a half. I think that number's too low. I'm going to take the over and assist. His assistant rebounds are sitting at 11 and a half at plus 110. Yeah, but I see three and a half at minus 150. It is juicy towards the over, but I mean, I, I just mentioned the numbers. Besides the two against Charlotte, he's been really cruising to basically six in the last three games before that, cruising to four in the last six games before the game yesterday. Yeah. He's an underrated assist guy. I think three and a half is too low. All right. Uh, Try anything else far as player props you got? Are you cooking something up there for the lock and dog segment? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to put a little something together. It, this right. does seem like a fun game to target, and just because I really do think that Portland has a possibility to get whatever they want against the Pelicans, and 
if you put, you know, the right combo together, you, you're going to be looking nice. But I'm definitely going to play some form of Dame and CJ. I'm looking for how I want to match it up. Do you want to go 30 apiece? 30 lower, 25 CJ? How do you want to go about it? Yeah, you can do you can do 30 apiece. 30 apiece puts you at... 180 what's that so 18 to 1 mm. so you got 18 to 1 with that you could bring cj down to 25 and that's going to bring you to 7 to 1 like there's multiple ways of playing this and I, I do think that those two have a really good game and you know it's just so many options for portland i really like this portland team i'm playing portland on the money line mm. all right let's get into our lock and dog here for tonight um, I will lead it off here. Let me start with my lock. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the Dallas Mavericks here tonight. Minus three and a half against the Washington Wizards. Things just a class difference right now. I know Dallas is coming off the loss last night against the Orlando Magic, but Washington team just, you know, we talked about it. They just haven't been very good. No Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal here tonight. Um, I'm sorry, Bradley, keep a bag Beal before Terrell yeah. chews me out. Um, I, I, I just think that there's a good bounce back spot here for the Dallas Mavericks here with Luca should have a better shooting night here as well, where he's only nine of 29 last night um, and should get some contributions from other guys as well for the Dallas Mavericks. So Dallas minus three and a half against the Washington Wizards as my lock uh, for my dog. Um, I think there's really one option that we all kind of like here. I think it might be, it's gotta be the Portland trailblazers here tonight. That number's starting to move. Uh, in favor of the Portland Trailblazers, starting to see some six and a halves popping up. But give me the Portland Trailblazers on the money line, plus 210, uh, and plus six and a half on the spread here as well. Um, Portland has just been great. I think there's no better way to put it, especially against the spread so far this season. Uh, we talked about how this roster and they're playing defense. I know they've had guys in and out of the lineup as well, but. They're playing hard every single night. They're giving you a 48-minute effort every single night. And, you know, the Pelicans, after the victory last night in Chicago, both teams are traveling. I understand that. But maybe guys like – or a player like Zion may sit out here tonight because it is a back-to-back. Or maybe even Brandon Ingram sits out here tonight. So I think Portland, if they have Nurk in the game, if they do get Jeremy Grant, that's just more reinforcements for this Portland team to have here tonight. So I'll take Portland as my dog at plus 210. Uh, Scott, let me go over to you. Lock and dog for tonight. What do you got? All right. So for the lock, I contemplated if I should do a player prop or not. I thought about maybe Charlotte team total under, but I ended up sweeping the lock and dog yesterday with player props. I'll go back to it. The more I look into it, the more I actually like Josh Hart. I'm going to take him over three and a half assists. I found minus 142. So it is a bit juicy, but I still like it. It's mostly just based on the volume. He's played at least 31 minutes in every game this season. He's played at least 35 minutes, at 34 minutes in every game besides two. So he's an extremely important piece of this overall roster. Grant and Nurkic are questionable. So assuming one of them doesn't play, Hart should get potentially even more minutes because they really don't have many other options. But I do think if you're looking at the overall defense for New Orleans, we know it's awful. New Orleans is also allowing 26.6 assists per game, which ranks tied for 22nd in the league. So they allow a bunch of assists, and I do think that with Hart getting the ball in his hands, maybe they trap Lillard on some pick and rolls. Maybe they try to get the ball out of their hands. So the fact that Hart has had at least four assists in really just a decent amount of games in the last couple of weeks, I think makes his number undervalued. Hart has had, once again, at least four assists in one, two, three, four, five, six, six of the last seven games. 
I think it's a good price for a team that's awful at defense. So I'm going to go with Hart over three and a half assists and minus 142. All right. And what do you got for your dog tonight? For my dog, I will go back to player props, but I will take Capella. I'm going to take him 12-plus rebounds or over 11.5 rebounds at plus 210. I think it's a very nice plus price. Based on the matchup itself, he has to play a bunch of minutes against Embiid. You have no other choice. Akongu is too skinny. He'll get killed if he's against Embiid. I think you have to try to give Capella a boost in minutes. He had 19 rebounds last game. And surprisingly, he's played against the, the Sixers a lot in his career. He's only picked up five fouls one time in his career. So he's actually been really good at avoiding foul trouble against Embiid in his career. But based on the overall minutes that he should be getting, based on the fact that he's a really good rebounder, I think 11.5 at plus 210 is a very nice plus price. I'm going to take the over. All right. So lock for Scott. It's going to be Josh Hart over 3.5 assists. And dog Clint Capella over 11.5 rebounds or at least 12 rebounds. Either way, wherever you can find that plus money prize for Clint Capella here tonight against Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. All right, Terrell, close us out strong, my man, with your lock and dog for this Thursday night schedule in the association. Easy enough. Lock, Dallas, minus three and a half. All right. Dog, Portland, plus 225 on the money line. Portland gets it done on the road tonight. Dog. Back in, dog. We need to back in two, two back-to-back teams on the road early in the season. All right. And did you guys cook up or y'all want to cook up a player prop parlay again for tonight? I mean, yeah, we could, we could put a little something. Let's – uh. I just like how Terrell and I liked a bunch of players to go for 30-plus last night, and you had like and 14 players that ended up going for 30-plus. <laughs> yeah. We were just feeling it for some reason. I don't it's know why. I saw that graphic last but... night. I think Cameron put it in there. All right. Uh, let's, uh, Maxley's at 23-and-a-half, man. That feels like we're getting a deal. Put me, I mean, all right. I like Bam's rebounds here tonight as well. Um, that number was at... I saw double double was like minus one fifteen. So Bam's yeah. basically expected to get ten rebounds. What was the other one that I liked? Um, so let's just go. Let's go easy. Let's go easy at first. So Maxi, I like Maxi points. Uh, Bam over nine and a half. We could throw that in there. Yeah. If you had to pick between Dame CJ, which one are you going? I would go CJ. Just thinking that maybe Zion or B.I. sits here tonight, and you would think this is a good get-up spot for him against his former team and the shooting slump that he has been in. That's just my take. So, CJ. So, we got three. We want to go over three. We want to keep it. We could keep it at three. We can keep it at three. That's six to one. That's six to one on the regular props. And then we got to juice everybody. So, let's... Maxi's for 25 is plus 108. We got I'm trying to cook up my own thing in the meanwhile. So 300 for Max. I mean, plus three, three to one for 30. You got to go with the three to one. All right, let's go Maxi three to one. Bam. You said he goes crazy rebounding. He's had success against them rebounding, uh, but I'll, 12, yeah. 12 for two to one. Yeah, that's good. I like All right, that. 12 for two to one. And then do we give CJ 30? We give CJ 25. 25 for CJ's plus 220. We don't have to be too greedy. Yeah, 25 is a good number. 
All right, so Maxi 30. So we had six to one, all the regular props. Then we got Maxi 30 plus points, Bam 12 plus rebounds, CJ 25 plus points, 37 to one. Ooh, all right. I like it. I like it. All right, Scott, what you cooked up? So, um, kind of Scott had his own group project. I was doing my own group project and trying to get an A, uh, but still, uh, just going <laughs> through the guys. first one. Uh, I was contemplating between either Kuzma double double or taking uh, Porzingis double double, and I ended up getting to Porzingis. I'm not sure which one I should take, but either way, I think one of them should end up having a double double in this matchup. Kuzma 10 plus rebounds, by the way, plus 265. That's kind of appealing, but I'll go with Porzingis double double at plus 172. I'll take Capella. Uh, 12 plus rebounds at plus 210, and I'll take Josh Hart over three and a half assists, and that pays out at roughly 13 to one. However, if you do want to take Hart and put him at six plus assists instead of four plus assists, it moves up to around 31 to one. Yeah, so there you go. We got a couple plays. We we are gonna cash nicely tonight. Yeah, hey, it's only four games that we cooked up a lot of parlays here, and obviously our lock and dog. All right, guys. Uh, anything else you guys want to get off your chest before we get out of here, Terrell? No, no, I'm ready to go. Scott, anything else, my man? No, you can find me on Twitter, Rice Show Radio, a bunch of podcasts. I link everything, including my YouTube picks. So check me out there, and we'll be back again uh, tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow on the NBA Gambling Podcast. As usual, hopefully the usual time. Uh, Delante will be here uh, on the pod as well as the newest co-host of the NBA Gambling Podcast. But make sure to follow Twitter. Make sure to follow Twitter. Make sure to follow Terrell on Twitter at reallywell underscore underscore. Follow Scott on Twitter at Shell Radio. Follow me on Twitter at, uh, at SportsNerd824. And make sure to follow the NBA Gambling Podcast account at SGPNNBA. All right, let's make some money here tonight, guys. Good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give it, give it, give it.